part two of episode 37 of Black Band T-Shirt Podcast, where we are covering the discography, ranking the discography even, on our second anniversary of Mr. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, so, you know, one might think it's a considerable step down from, uh, well, we didn't actually do the Beatles on our anniversary last year. Mm. Um, to go from the Beatles to Kendrick Lamar, but those people would be wrong <laughs> because, <laughs> as evidenced by this next album, we've said said already there are no bad albums here. Last uh, on the Beatles, we had quite a few. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> quite bad albums. And next, we're going to cover Miss Morale and the Big Steppers, <laughs> which is my number two. And it's absolutely fucking fantastic. I'm, I'm glad. Am I right in that you weren't completely sold on it no. immediately? No, I wonder you're re- why I thought that. You're remembering incorrectly. Yeah, yeah. This has always been up there with my favourite albums of the year, mm. and it's now apparently my second favourite Kendrick Lamar album. Um, and yeah, lovely to at last um, be praising a double album on this podcast. Just yeah. Um, didn't quite take to the White Album uh, certainly not as near, anywhere near as much as you did Opposites was quite low down for me for Biffy London Calling oh yeah that was my number one wasn't it yeah you're right okay um, but, um, but yeah I think the main thing for me was um, watching back the Glastonbury set mm-hmm. and seeing how fantastic a lot of this stuff was yeah yeah, it's so good. Like, I mean, like, like I said at the time, it was yeah, like, like no music, live music performance I've been part of the audience for. Yeah, it felt different. It yeah, felt, it felt like an art performance mm-hmm. rather than a music performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think <laughs> the best place for me. Might be the start with my best song, but how do I start with my best song here? I've got about. I started out with about seven choices. I've definitely, I've definitely got my best at the moment. Me too. Um, and I, and I, and it kind of has been since my first listen. Mm. Um, I think my actually, I think my top, definitely my top two, maybe my top three have have stayed the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Right, so I mean, I'm, it's my number four mm. album. The reason, so this is this and damn that I've struggled with my ordering of. Yeah. Kind of because they are two such different albums. Yeah. What I get from each of them is completely different. Yeah. Um, so that makes it difficult. I think for me, the high, this is something we've said quite a lot, but the, the high points of this album are incredible mm. and probably the best stuff he's ever done for me right but it's inconsistent okay I think Damn is a much more consistent album than this mm. I think there are times when it is sketchy there are times when it's bloated and slightly mm. forgettable yeah and I think there are times and this is my low light when there is undeniably problematic ground to navigate mm-hmm Again, like we said earlier, I don't think there's anything intentionally bad Mm -hmm. or wrong, but perhaps clumsy. Are you talking about Auntie Diaries here? That's probably the most obvious offender, Mm -hmm. 
which again, I mean, it split the trans community. Yep. But I, 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 again, I think the intention is clearly good. Yeah. And is a hell of a lot further than any other hip hop album I've heard. Yeah. Or song. Yeah. Um, from from I'm talking mainstream stuff here. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I can understand why, and it, essentially it comes back to something I've already talked about. I can understand why there are some people from that community that, or, or even just generally, who feel like he could have made the same point and done the same thing without misgendering and without using the f word. Without I see that I don't have an issue with because right. I kind of think. The fact that he's using it is is the point he's making. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel yeah. I feel like that. I I don't. I I think it's he's using it to make the point of how yeah yeah ridiculous he, it he, is to say it yeah. kind of thing. Um, and he makes a point in the lyrics about naivety as a younger person around that word and not understanding the impact it could have yeah, and things yeah. and I quite like that he uses the idea of the the, the famous incident on stage mm. where he invited a, a, a white woman up who then sung along the n-word which he was not happy about mm. and, and the idea that he ends that song with the idea of well okay then fine but then don't you then you can't use the f-word yeah um, and that being a learning point yeah um so I think I think that side of it I don't so much have an issue with. I think I can, I, and I don't personally have an issue with that song and the way he does it. I think he's shown himself it before this point to be an intelligent and compassionate enough man to give him the benefit of the doubt and know that he's on the right side of this, mm. basically. Yeah, and he's maybe been slightly clumsy for some people in how he has got that across. But ultimately, I think that same point that I came to before of he's not of who he is he writing this for? Mm. Who is he doing this music for? Yeah. He's doing it for people who have come from his background. Yeah, and he knows that's the way to get them to understand what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, I totally agree. <clears throat> um, I think Auntie Diaries is a fantastic song. Mm. Um, yeah it was one that stood out to me on first listen as just yeah. a, a striking song if nothing yes. else yes 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 I think that in its, that, in its honesty and its personal that is you know. probably the what, what, what I'm um, what I'm looking for more here and it's those kind of highs that make me look uh, um, like help me to look over the bloated nature of some of this mm. more. He's described this as his post-therapy album. Mm-hmm. Um, it can, uh, like, Timber Butterfly does go to as dark places yeah. as this does. And it's, I think I prefer, I definitely prefer, prefer the more emotionally raw side yeah. Yeah, of yeah, Kendrick's yeah. music. Definitely. Um, where would you say in particular... It sounds bloated to you. I mean, so my worst song's "Purple Hearts." Okay, I think that's the weakest of that first half. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a shame and because it's the closer, that, I think, of the first half. Yeah, like. which is a shame because that features the legendary Ghostface Killer. Yeah, of course. Um, I just didn't think there was a lot to it. Yeah, that's really. fair. 
Um, I can't, I I definitely I probably think that um, like um, Good Kid, Mad City, uh, the best stuff here is on the second half. No, section eighty. Some of, some of uh, yeah, there's a lot on the second half that I like, and I think is the stuff that stuck with me more from first listen. My um, my worst comes from the first half. It's uh, Worldwide Steppers. Um. Which I, uh, yeah. I, I think is a bit of a letdown after a great start. The first two are, are brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is part of the other problematic nature of it yeah. is Kodak Black. Yeah. Features prominently on this album throughout. Yeah. Um, I don't know what their personal relationship is. I'm guessing they're friends. And mm. so it's it's a, obviously a very different perspective from what a lot of the rest of the world has of yeah. him mm. being an accused accused of sexual assault yep. and um, admitted to battery and mm-hmm. things mm. um, Kendrick does have history in this, that realm he yeah. um, didn't quite defend Triple X Tentacion but said the music speaks louder than the actions well, well that's the other thing that, that what I was getting at with my low point of this album is it, 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 this is the first point where I feel he's um, <laughs> to quote something we've used before a potential Joe Rogan guest hmm. there's a, a cancel culture is one of the big themes yeah and his criticism of it and I like that I think it is a conversation that should still be kept going as a yeah. conversation Um and I think he has some interesting things to say on that subject. Yeah. I think what I struggle with, I think this is the first case where, just personally for me, his well-crafted mystique hmm. almost makes it more difficult for me to know how much of this is him mm. and how much is him portraying a particular side of himself. Or not. I'm not going to go as far as saying a character, but... A performance, yeah. In terms of the whole crown of thorns thing, you know, Kanye's downfall started when the Messiah complex came in, mm. and I can't help but feel that this is the first instance of that potentially showing itself. I think it might, and the post therapy thing being a big part of that. You know, I think it might be more him modelling himself after Tupac. Tupac mm-hmm. had a lot of religious imagery yeah. in his music. Didn't particularly have much to say for himself uh, politically. No. Um, like, obviously, come, came from an impoverished background with a difficult relationship with his um, with his family. Mm. But, um, like, that's where it began and began and ended. Like, obviously, Tupac died before we could, you know, hear mm. much from him other than what he released during his lifetime. And... <laughs> the endless posthumous shit that's come out afterwards but <laughs> uh, um, like yeah I think yeah I'm I know what you mean this is this is what I'm saying about my, my, my low point of it being that it's there's there is undeniably problematic ground to navigate I'm not necessarily saying that I think he's on the wrong side no. at any point I just think it's it's it could be be misconstrued by people who aren't thinking about it because at the same time this album features a song as raw and painful to listen to but incredible Mm. as we cry together Mm -hmm. that's a song that I find really difficult to know how I feel about it Okay, because 
Um, at one point, it was up there for potentially being my worst song purely because it's not enjoyable to listen to. No. Um, I've seen it compared just in terms of tone and musically to Eminem's Kim. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, it's obviously nowhere near as problematic as that song is. But, but unlike um, unlike Kim, the, the woman actually gets to answer back. Yeah. I don't know how I think... I don't know how I feel. I don't feel like it gets a particular message across. Okay. I feel like it's almost a bit of a documentary well, it, rather than well, a... It does at the end when it, it literally says stop, dan- stop tap dancing around the conversation. Yeah, but then the song ends with them just kind of reconciling yeah. sexually rather than actually addressing any issues. Um, of which the guy is clearly the undeniable prick in the situation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, basically I've my overall feelings about that song is that I think it's a much better idea than a song and it's an uncomfortable listen yeah uh, and doesn't make it for a particularly enjoyable or good listen mm. I I like the risks that it takes yeah yeah and this is the ultimately what I like my what I like about the album as mm. a whole it feels uh, slightly dangerous and unpredictable but mm. in a good way yeah, absolutely. He touches things that and goes places that you don't see any other commercial hip hop artists doing at the moment. Really, no. And it, it it was the right move to make after I know you said on Dam he did it because it's uh, it's a move mm. no one could have predicted mm. from him, and I agree with that. But it could also be accused of being a bit safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This album is not safe. No, but again, would this have would it would the impact have been the same without Dam? Yeah. In that in that same conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. No, no, no. Sure. Um, that is like that is my best thing about the album is just that the fact that again this is at this point in his career he could basically do anything and he'd probably be all right in terms mm. of musically. Yeah. Um, whereas he's actually come out with something like you say is a massive risk in places. It's incredibly exciting and it shows that he's nowhere near running out of ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's definitely what struck me about it. Obviously, five albums isn't um, anywhere near as big a tenure as we've taken on on this podcast. No, uh, but um, the intensity of that output, however, <laughs> and the intensity of of the, clearly the work and thought that's gone into that output. Yeah, I think stands up with um, with certainly to the 16 hours of fucking Manic Street Preachers it makes covered. yeah and, and not be funny <laughs> as much as I love them the concepts and the commitment to some of the concepts and things here mm. it makes some of Coheed's albums look like a five year old yeah, writing yeah, project yeah. you know actually actually yes uh, that does bring in an interesting point this album did come out um, around the time when we were doing our listening for mm. the Manics, and if you've listened to that episode, you'll know how much that's been the greatest discovery of 2022 for me. Mm. Um, perhaps one of the greatest discoveries of, of my musical life. This album reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. And I think that I, I did conflate the two. The Holy Bible. Say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's. I suppose it's that that is that discomfort again. Is there mm. in places, isn't it? Absolutely, definitely. What are your um, favourites here? I mean, so along those lines, I suppose not. Well, not with my number. Th- my number three is Father Time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Sampha and yeah. What a feature that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and again like just really cool very again very raw honest song about dad issues <laughs> when um, um when um when to be, as we'll go into when to be a butterfly had such amazing features Dan was a, a bit of a drop off in terms mm-hmm. of a, uh, features but Sampha brings the quality level right back up and yeah, yeah no you're right father, I, father time's fantastic and I just like, like that again this is what the kind of thing we're talking about like the idea that he's gone there with a song being this um, vulnerable I suppose but mm. in, in terms of his personal past with, with his dad and things but also using it as a as a way to say something that's not really talked about and, and citing it citing daddy issues in general as the reason for a lot of gang culture and mm. violence amongst black men yeah in America yeah that's kind of I think assumed by a lot of people it's kind of mentioned in passing in a lot of talk around that in terms of documentaries yeah. or things or, or even in, in hip hop and, and things like that but it's never really head on addressed yeah and he's just kind of gone why don't we talk about this yeah yeah um, hmm. which I think is really cool but then you back that up with yeah like Sam for doing a really beautiful hook uh, you've got this I think there's orchestral elements on this album which I don't think is something he's massively done before in quite mm. the same kind of rich way yep. um, and then you've got that classic feel to it with the piano that's reminiscent of some of the Kanye collaborations the John Legend and Chris Martin yep. style it's got that kind of feel to yeah, it yeah. going on um, yeah Really like hmm. that one. <laughs> um, did uh, did you say that was your number one? That was my number three. Right. Um, so let me go through mine. See see where we. Um... My my number two are two of the more that uh, my my two and my one are more in line with what we were saying about this kind of slightly uncomfortable mm. listens. Okay. Are we talking about Crown and Saviour here by any chance? Mm, neither. No. no. Okay. Um, so, um, they, um, they aren't um, um, amongst my top songs, but I wanted to mm-hmm. sing them out for their incredible introspective mm-hmm. nature. I think... Crown and uh, both Crown and Saviour were two of the highlights of the Gasto set, especially Saviour. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. What with that the, the ad libbed ending? Yeah. As well, I mean, it's worth a reminder of the context. And anyone who hasn't seen it, it's you just can't, after you the, can't describe how kind of bone chillingly impactful it was at that moment. I think. So this was just following the uh, decision in the US Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade, meaning that states could uh, individually decide whether or not to make abortion illegal. Mm. And um, Kendrick basically repeated the line, um, they judge you, they judge Christ, Godspeed for women's rights for about two minutes. Yeah. Just over with, and over with again. fake blood dripping down his face from his crown of thorns. And then just with no, no music in the background, just shouting that over and over again. And the intensity in his face mm-hmm. and his voice as he is doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something else. And again, we talk about risk takers and things like yeah. that. Like, that's a statement. It's a big statement to make on a big stage. You know? Yeah. Um, so, um, I'll go. I'll just go. Uh, I'll just go through some of mine. Yeah, maybe maybe some of these will be in yours. Um, my number five is "Count Me Out." Um, number four, "We Cry Together," as mentioned. Mm-hmm. Number three, N95. Yeah, it's not in my top three in the end, but it, 
could be. Yeah, mm, mm. it's really, really great. Referencing N95 face masks. Indeed, very much yeah. A pandemic song. Absolutely. Mm. Um, number two is one of the, is the title track, Mr. Morale. Okay, yeah. Uh, but number one for me here, featuring the wonderful, wonderful uh, Beth Gibbons of Portishead, Mother I Sober. My number two. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I... We, as 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 much as we said, who saw Bono coming as a feature? <laughs> who saw Beth Gibbons popping yeah, yeah. up on a Kendrick Lamar but, um, album? Uh, also, um, um, we did mention about We Cried Together. There's a little bit of Flo- Florence. Yes, been Welch. sampled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on June. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was we we were really hoping Beth Gibbons might come out, mm. seeing as it was Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, didn't she happen, unfortunately. That road. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, just an already stunningly beautiful song made yeah. even more special by her yeah. presence there definitely yeah that's um, yeah um, I don't think it, I'm not sure if it's whether or not it's a single in the end either way up there for me uh, for songs of the year it was the first along with my number one it was mm. the first one that yeah I remember after finishing the album on first listen through wanting to show somebody mm. I wanted to play it to someone and go, have you have you heard this? <laughs> um, it's just such an emotionally intense song whilst being so understated yeah. and subtle at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, just expertly executed for what it is. So what's your favourite song of Mr. Moran and the Big Steppers, Grand Chris? The opener. United in Grief. Incre- breathtakingly good song. Yeah. Again, we've got that proggy element of it having lots of strange little bits to start mm-hmm. off with and things. Yep. And that repeating melody mm-hmm. that it has at the beginning of both halves of the album. And then I think right at the end again. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, at the end of Mother Eyes Over. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, <laughs> just that. So you've got that, that, like, that sort of harmonised melody bit to bring it in. Mm-hmm. And then from that you have the weird like stuttering jazz piano yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, and then his like we were saying that rapid style of rap he does. Mm-hmm. Then with that like hyper speed jazz drumming coming in under it as well, and the weird synthy like, everything about it. Every every single time, every moment that you think you're like, okay, I've got where this is going, something else comes in and it becomes something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you add to that that the lyrics are incredible and his vocal performance is incredible. Yeah. It's just an... Yeah. I, I... Do you know... I love United Agree, but do you know what put me off it slightly? Mm. It's the most on this album. Do you remember that TikTok I showed you ages ago of um, Kendrick and his flatmate arguing over tea bags? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the most rapping... Uh, like yeah. that stereotypical Kendrick Lamar's rapping style he yeah, does on this fair album. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nikki made quite a good observation last I'll link, night. I'll, 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 I'll link that in the bio to this. Yes. It's well worth checking out. It's so good. <laughs> um, I was, when I was listening, re-listening to it last night, Nikki pointed out it's quite King of Limbs era Radiohead musically. Mm. That drum beat especially and the synthy bit and stuff, which I thought was quite cool. Is that vindication for, for, for at last for me having it but, <laughs> but both of you when we did Radiohead? No, I don't think so. No, it's a better song than anything. Can <laughs> <laughs> well, we are done for now with Mr. Morale and the, and the Big Steppers. I mean, steppers. I, I've had nothing but really but praise musically for that. Yeah. I think, but like I said, I think 
the the, the reason it's as low as it is mm. is I do think Good Kid, Mad City was one I fell in love with unexpectedly, mm-hmm. having never really listened to it before. Yeah, I think it's still one of them I'd be more likely to put on. Fair, yeah, um, it's a lot more accessible. Yeah, definitely. This is, this is this is as a piece of art the most impressive. Yeah, but it's a tough listen. Yeah, and it's a long and it's a long listen. Mm. You know, that's that's the other thing about this. It. Like, I've, I've, it makes sense me as a longer term fan to put mm. like the Kendrick for Kendrick fans. Mm above mm. his breakout hit record. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I don't think this is the last time either of us will be talking about this album this year. Certainly not me. I'm yeah, still not sure. Okay. Still not sure. Fair enough. There's potentially oh, is there though. <laughs> I was gonna say it's potentially a hip hop album I like more than that this year. The, there might be for me but I'm still not decided yeah we'll come anyway to we've got time we've got time like a whole month of time <laughs> talking of hip hop albums that are better than Miss Marana Big Steppers <laughs> got to, to be a butterfly to talk about this, um, I mean I don't what, know if it's what, just what, because one of the, one of the 21st century's great masterpieces I don't know if it's just because I'm friends with you and therefore I heard you talk about it a lot yeah but I, for me, it seemed, this album seems like quite a cultural landmark mm. album. It is. It absolutely is. There's people calling for fucking All Right to be the national anthem, mate. It's a cultural landmark. Yeah. <laughs> and just, just in terms of the shift of, like, I think what the idea of what modern hip hop can be and mm. the, the, like, the crossover appeal, I don't know if. I don't know if there's been as much mainstream respect and critical respect and acclaim for a hip hop album or hip hop artist as as this for, no. for a long time before it. Uh, other than my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, yeah, yeah, and then we're going back to Marshall Mathers LP. I was going to say Eminem's the last one I can really think of, yeah. Uh, in terms of, I mean, I mean, purely in terms of let's let's say it. I mean, purely in terms of race crossover appeal mm. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that yeah, kind absolutely. A um, couple of Jay Z records would have been mm-hmm. up, um, would have been up there as well, definitely. But uh, bloody hell, yeah. I mean, talking of which, my first note I've got is as satisfying and expansive a record as my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. But a guy making it is not a cunt. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's got that go for it. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> just just in case, you know. <laughs> Put the sequitur in. Oh man, where to start with this fucking record? Mm. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, um... <laughs> just, it's worth pointing out, I when I was doing it wasn't my first listen through I managed to do two whole listens through of everything and then my notes listen through my second listen through to this I was walking back from my nan's house in Kingston towards mm. Kingston station yeah uh, and I uh, walked out of the house started walking down the road and looked at what album was next on my like list of ones I was due to be listening to and it was that and I just audibly went yes <laughs> <laughs> and pressed play <laughs> back of the nets yeah. <laughs> um Shall we start off with our worst just to get it out of the way? Yeah, I mean, we can try. Uh, yeah, I know. 
I think the song that does least for me here is Complexion. I absolutely love. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Cool. That's done. I think again, right. <laughs> I think it's not I think it's a case of it's not for us. Mm-hmm. It's not written for us. It's written for black women. Mm-hmm. We are certainly not that. So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, man. Um, my and I, I'll, I'll get my worst thing about it out of the way as well, just so mm. we've done it. Yeah, because again, how? Um, I, I I went with weird ending. The two pack interview excerpts. I understand why they're here. I got it. Why I get why it's there, but I'd rather it wasn't overall. And I love. The explanation at the end of how the mm-hmm. album got its title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's a wonderful yeah. spoken word freestyle Absolutely. hybrid yeah. thing. Um, yeah, it's it's self indulgent that he felt he had to interview his hero. <laughs> Just a bit weird. Just a bit weird. <laughs> Take the voice of someone else. Someone I'll else. Pretend it was you asking <laughs> yeah. different questions. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, Park. <laughs> and, and what do you think about this? <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very it, it crosses it very much crosses the line um, into self indulgent. Um, another worst part for me here is crikey, how old does Snoop sound on institutionalized? Okay. Yeah. He sounds like a croaky, croaky old man. He is. Very, well, yes, <laughs> yes. I know, but it's sad um, for someone who had such uh, vitality despite the amount of cannabis is. Smoking on a daily basis. Um, daily basis. He, he smokes cannabis from a daily basis. Would that daily basis be Thundercat? <laughs> who we can talk about here. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, it's really significant in that this album would not be the album it is without his presence. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love Thundercat anyway. Yeah. Um, but for me, the high points of this album he's always involved with that baseline in King Kunta unbelievable um, like yeah I mean it's good it's, it, I, mean, I may as well say it. I'm, I'm basic as fuck King Kunta's my favourite fine because god it's addictive <laughs> um, like and again probably for me the best example of what I was talking about ages ago that idea of it being ridiculously accessible commercial banger yeah. but having a deep meaning mm-hmm. and a deep you know it's clearly something that means a lot to him personally mm. as well um, I also quite love there's a little interview with him about it which is just quite sweet where he's talking about watching Roots as a kid <laughs> like my mum made me sit down and watch it and I was like oh god was this going to be clearly it sunk in because then he's decided he wanted to write a song about it <laughs> later on Um yeah. Um, King Good has only, uh, actually only made my number four. Okay. It, it's it's fantastic. It's I think like you say that bass is utter filth. It's uh, then, it's it's a dance floor filler. Isn't yeah, it, it is. And then and then like, but then what I really like is that kind of ominous guitar that comes in over the top mm-hmm. halfway through. Yeah. I don't think I think that's such an unexpected thing. It shifts the tone slightly. What mm-hmm. I didn't realize as well, I was reading. Who was it? It was whoever was producing this one with uh, Soundwave. Mm. Who was producing it? Apparently had like 
10 layers of guitars on it originally <laughs> and 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 uh, Kendrick kept telling him to strip things back strip things back until it was basically just the bass line left and Soundwave was just like what are you doing to my beautiful thing <laughs> um, and, and but yeah he said that once he did that and I heard him rapping over it I understood 100% what he, where he wanted to go with it and what he was yeah. doing to it and, and thank god he did because mm, yeah mm. <laughs> um, what else oh yes so, um, just uh, just a couple of other best parts before I go fully into my uh, best songs here. Mm-hmm. Um, the speed of the f- uh, the freestyle on four three mm-hmm. uh, is the fastest it's been since um, uh, Rigor Mortis, which is lovely to hear again. Yeah, um, I love the shout out to Killer Mike on Hood Politics. Yes, Hood Politics as well. A great song. That's my number three. Lovely. Okay. Oh wow! Like yeah. Okay. So you might not have much of the rest of my top four then. Mm. Um, my top. Three, I mean, the thing is, this again is another one where it's so difficult to choose a yeah, top three. Absolutely, I, I could change. It's, it's, every it's, day. it's, it's fantastic fun to back. Such a good record. I really just while you've mentioned four three as well. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love. I mean, my my <laughs> the first thing I typed to stream of consciousness while I was listening to this was "fuck yeah, jazz me up." <laughs> um, <laughs> oh dear. Um, Robert Glasper on piano sure um, uh, but he said how he played along to the track as if Kendrick's voice was actually a saxophone so he just treated it as if he was a saxophone player and imagined Amazing. if that was a saxophone and how would he play along if it was that that's so cool yeah that's so cool Robert Glasper on piano right after George Clinton like <laughs> what the fuck and then before Bilal oh, I mean yeah Bilal the, and Snoop Dogg the funk on Wesley's theory yeah yeah, <laughs> stinks. Man, oh man! Like, yeah. Um, getting down to my top three songs of this album was nigh on impossible. Any one of these could have easily been mm-hmm. the best song in Kendrick's discography, let alone mm-hmm. number one on this album. Um, I've I've plumped for third in the end as I. Yeah, which I think was probably my number four. Yeah. Um, I this this is my favourite song from the record at at, at the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love uh, the Eiley Brothers sample. Love that he flew out, especially to go and ask Ronald Isley yeah. for, for permission. Yeah, it's lovely. I mean that um, that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing that says everything, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. That sort of respect for what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I, I what I like about that one as well is I think it just like. Um, just turns up the euphoric side of what he does definitely yeah it's such a it's such a release mm-hmm. after this hour has been to so many dark uh, dark places um yeah uh, just before um i you've got um uh you ain't got a lie the black and the berry uh, berry how much a dollar cost which is mm-hmm. yeah wonderful but brutal mm-hmm. um yeah I mean, it's worth saying as well. He's so he's in an interview. He said about I that he thinks it, at this point it was the best song he's ever written because he never thought he'd be in the mindset to make a positive song having grown up around so much negativity. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. God damn, this man's cool. Um, yes, but um, the only reason I think no, it's not the only reason. 
because the other one I'm going to talk about is fantastic. The only, but a big reason why the Black and the Berry is number two is because it's appeared in the previous top five and therefore it's it's already on our playlist. It's my number two as well. <laughs> it's it's undeniably one of the most impactful tracks he's ever written. Yeah. Um, Have you watched that um, the performance of that at the Grammys? Mm. Unbelievable, mm-hmm. unbelievable. One but before that Glasgow performance, one of the greatest performances of a hip hop song I've ever seen. It's just oh my god. And I mean, you could like, yeah, I've got a quote from him on that one as well about mm. the last two lines of the song. Mm. He's but when I say these lines, it's for myself. It's therapeutic for me because I still feel that urge and I still feel that anger and that hatred for that man next door because I get I've got to get a call knowing that somebody around the corner had done this to my partner. Hmm. like this is the one thing you can say about I think is the biggest difference we've, we've mentioned Kanye a lot yeah. because I think they're probably the two most comparable in terms of career trajectory mm-hmm. in terms of crossover in terms of all of this stuff the Crit- biggest, uh, uh, critical yeah, acclaim yeah the biggest difference is you can tell Kendrick deeply feels everything he is doing yeah you cannot say that about <laughs> no. Kanye in no, he, no he, he, he knocks off statements for attention. He doesn't yeah. care what they mean to people. But even even in most of his music, you know, yeah. there was something I mentioned a lot when we did Kanye that, that I haven't mentioned here once: mm. is superficiality. Yeah, I think that's that for me is the biggest difference. I said something to you when we were still listening through to this for this that, I, that my biggest takeaway realization is that Kendrick Lamar is the genius that Kanye always thought he was, <laughs> and I still I think that more than ever. Yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't done my super big take yet, have I? Ooh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yes, that's what I was going to say. Um, what I was saying earlier about um, Kendrick, I feel bridging the East Coast West Coast mm. divide. Uh, Black and the Berry is the most East Coast sounding yeah. song potentially in this discography, which is really cool to hear. Uh, but my number one is all right. It's, Fair, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like like you like you mentioned earlier, it's it's more than a song at this point, isn't it? Yeah, um, it, it it was the uniting song behind the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, um, Black America recording it for for it to be their national anthem. Mm-hmm. We did we didn't mention as well that. So I didn't mention it because I thought it, you know it'd be better to bring it up here. But mm. when it was used in that way, then at the twenty fifteen. The Bet Awards, I think it was. BET. BET, whatever it was. Um, yeah. yeah um, bit, Black Entertainment Tonight. I did, okay, I didn't know it was mm. initialised that you'd yeah. say it, but, but yeah. Um, he, um, before, that was when he did the performance on top of the police car and all that. Yeah. It got a lot of positive and negative attention depending on <laughs> whether you whether you were <laughs> whether you were decent or a prick. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the, that famous Fox News, Geraldo R- Rivera. Yeah. Name? Uh, the quote this is why I say that hip hop has done more damage to young African Americans than racism in recent years this is exactly the wrong message <laughs> uh, that quote is used several times throughout Damn yeah as well as extended <laughs> bits from it and things and then him name dropping that guy particularly in certain songs yeah like he knows how to hold a grudge and use it well <laughs> let's, let's, let's say that <laughs> But dealt with it in, in the most perfect of ways, you know? Mm. This, this whole thing that I was saying about him keeping the mystique, as in, like, staying out of the public eye, basically. 
Mm. Which is probably another big part, actually, of what we were saying before about him not being as big a superstar household name. It's, mm. not, it's a conscious thing. Yeah. But the fact that he could have reacted to that just in the public realm, but chose to wait and say it on his next album instead. Mm-hmm. It's quite <laughs> cool. Um, should we do a bit of chat about um, uh, Untitled Unmastered before rounding things off? Yeah. Because it's, I mean, the, the whole. I hadn't realised the whole story behind how this came to be a mm. release. I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, so it's basically it's all it's, it's outtakes from To Pimp a Butterfly, essentially, yes. isn't it? Um, which first made an appearance as live performances on chat shows and things. Mm. A few of them. Yeah. And then was it was it LeBron James? Mm-hmm. Who then basically said or tweeted something along the lines of, can, can we get the studio versions of these, please? <laughs> and so within a week it was released. <laughs> the power of LeBron James. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Oh, can I, be, I wish I was good at basketball so I could demand albums. I know. <laughs> Think of all the more Mars Volta we could have had. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, my highlights here are definitely Untitled 2 and 5 I've got 2 and 5 on my list yep. yeah yeah. I've uh, got I've got 4, 7 and 8 on mine as well five. so you know most of it really yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. but interestingly you uh, two have decided um, decided very much against mentioning uh, giving any props to uh, the CeeLo Green featuring Untitled 6 which also points Who? to yeah, well quite. <laughs> yeah, um, he doesn't mind working with problematic people. This oh, is that after. guy who did two novelty songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can't remember when the the stuff about Cedar Green was public knowledge, but it I must think have it was been. after this. It no, no, I've, no. I think it was after this. Sorry, yeah. But yeah, but even so, I feel yeah. like it would have been known mm. within the industry, right? You know, it was several. Think it was a general pattern of behaviour. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah. yeah, but um, I mean, we're gonna. Uh, we've got. A, I've got a whole point to make about that with our top five. So okay. Okay. <laughs> Fun. I'll get into that then. <laughs> um. Anything really more to say about Untitled Master Other than cool to have it. Yeah, very cool to have, it. and and it's. I think it'd be easy to dismiss as just kind of some extra ditties. Yeah. But actually, no, it's yeah. clearly, clearly to Pimp a Butterfly is, 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 a, is a time when he was just creatively on fire. And yeah. this is more stuff from that time. So mm-hmm. it's really good. Yeah. That's all we need today, really. Yeah. It's not necessarily just for completists. If you're a completist, listen to it. Mm. Uh, but if you're not, you, you'll get a good um, vibe from it anyway, probably. Yeah, yeah definitely. Especially if you're into the more experimental side mm-hmm. of TPAB. Do you know um, he originally originally wanted to call it um, T-U-P-A-C after Tupac? Yes. Two Pimper Caterpillar. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Bloody loves Tupac, doesn't he? <laughs> he loves him. Um, but for me, my ultimate hot take of this podcast mm. is that... Kendrick Lamar is already five albums in and at 30 
mid 30s years old yeah. however old he is I think he's one year younger than us one right. year younger or one year older I can't remember um, he is on my hip hop Mount Rushmore oh yeah I think that's absolutely fair enough and I think he is the most interesting musician working today I think he's I think he's the only if we're it's talking far more interesting if than we're talking any rock band active rock band yeah if we're talking now. um if we're talking about your like hip hop Mount Rushmore if we're talking people of that level mm. he's the only one who's tried actively tried to make meaningful wide scale social change mm. through his music yeah um I think other artists have, have kind of got close to doing that, but not necessarily deliberately. Yeah. Um, but clearly that's a big part of what he's trying to do and always has been trying to do. Mm. And to do that and also produce five um, top-level hip-hop albums. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best artists we'll ever cover on, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to come back to him again. When uh, I mean, there's only he's only just released a new album, and I'm already thirsty for more. His hope it's not another five years, but who knows? <laughs> that was mostly due to the pandemic. I think. Yes, I think indeed. it would have been indeed. before that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So two years. Cheers for a man getting some albums with me, Chris. <laughs> now hit that jingle as we go into our top five. A nature, a matter. So, our Niche of the Better top five on this episode is the top five songs performed at the Super Bowl halftime show, mm-hmm. inspired by Kendrick's standout performance at this year's Super Bowl. Next year's going to be Rihanna. It is. So, I'm very excited for that. I, I, I comeback know. album and things isn't there yeah. going on so general. I don't like American football but you know the half time yeah, show yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, it's always worth paying attention to um, but it wasn't always so uh, looking back <laughs> for the history I mean for me there's some quite cool stuff in the early days <laughs> uh, but yeah of course it was, there was the tradition was generally marching bands and things wasn't it and big yeah, bands and stuff and, like that and uh, something that came up in the 80s that I looked up <laughs> after hearing about it on The Simpsons, was up with people. Good God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did make the mistake of looking into that as well. Christ alive. Yeah, that but, and a few years of like basically the Disney Club. Yeah. And things like that. Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the cheese, the all-American yeah. cheese. Christ alive. Yeah. We, es- um, we escaped not having a high school musical halftime show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could, Efron could have got his could, chops could, into could, that. Yeah, could very easily have had Frozen as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. Instead, um, uh, mm. instead, we got um, a, a positive stream of abusive men. So, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> That was the point I was going to make. I've just gone through and counted. I made a list of all the ones who were like artists that I knew I would like at least one song of the, or, you know, of the, sorry. Tw- uh, I made a list of the songs that I know I'd want to at least consider yep. as part of this. I ended up with a list of 29. Yeah. 12 of those mm-hmm. uh, were by 
uh, pieces of shit. Yeah, so um, shall, we, shall, shall we go through them? So, I mean, um, I, I'm assuming we're going to stick with our usual theme, you know, two years of ranking albums and dismissing arseholes. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to include them in my, you know, choices. Neither am I. Um, um, so, but, but, but we can go through some fantastic songs they made. Yeah. Um, despite being cunts. Yeah. Um, Billy G by Michael Jackson. It's, Purple it's Rain, the top one. Purple Rain by Prince. Yeah. Um, Which I have to say, that one hurts because I've mm. always been a big, big Prince fan. And that halftime show performance of Purple Rain mm. is one of my most watched YouTube videos ever. Yeah. It's such a good performance. Uh, but he's a brick. Um, you got, um, yeah, yeah. Um, CeeLo Green comes up, didn't he? I can't mm-hmm. remember where. Briefly, yeah. But he didn't have a song worth writing about on it. So. Oh, didn't fine. he share like with like Shakira or J Lo or something? It was maybe it was or Britney. Or, yeah, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Katy Perry. No, I can't oh, remember. that might have been it actually. Mm. Yeah, um, I've got on on that list. I've got uh, now. This one is kind of not as obvious, I think, as some, but I I think there's enough out there f- mm. for me to consider it as a blacklisted. Um, start me up, Rolling Stones. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Oh yes, I have got another one. Sorry, carry on. Bad boy for life, P. Diddy. Right. Um, serial beater. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise, sweet child of mine. Mm. Uh, was performed by Slash and Fergie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walk this way. Right. Aerosmith recorded that in two thousand. Uh, performed that in two thousand and one with NSYNC, Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly. <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Give it away, Chili Peppers. Yeah. Lose yourself by Eminem. Yeah. Uh, the next episode. Mm. Yeah. Dre and Snoop Dogg both have their problems. Yeah. Um, uh, get up, feel like being a sex machine, James Brown. Yeah. Won't get fooled again by the Who. Got that as well. That was my other one. And the one that was, I because I was like, oh, I better check this just in case. And God damn it, uh, my girl by the Temptations. Right. The singer, the main singer from The Temptations, was a bit ha- hammer happy. Oh, apparently. So, uh, of the songs that would have been in my top five, yeah, for this, I'm only allowed two. Okay. <laughs> Better than none, I suppose. <laughs> so nice of people. Yes, let's um, talk about them. <laughs> let's talk about them. After my number one last time on a cave-in episode, uh, two shout-outs, Stevie here, but didn't make it into the top five after I had su- a superstition last time. Yeah, uh, Got uptight, everything is all right. Oh, okay, so, so you've not gone with... I thought we were doing actual songs that were performed. Oh, right. Oh, well. Were they not performed? That wasn't there. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'll not buy Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Buy a marching band. No, as in, that song wasn't on the set list, was it? Uptight and Sir Duke were, yeah. Uptight was? Oh, damn yeah. it, I would have chosen that. I didn't see that on okay. Study. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. I've got I've got Stevie Wonder as well. I've just got a different song. Lovely. Which I won't talk about yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, shout out for me from uh, for um, The Windmills of Your Mind. Which oh. is the last song on I'm Alan Partridge, series two. <laughs> yes, it is. When he went to get, he goes to get his uh, book, uh, watch his book get pulped. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Got a bag on my book. <laughs> oh, we look forward to Matt Hancock saying that. <laughs> um, uh, bye, 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 NSYNC. Yep. Tune. Uh, tush, CZ Top. <laughs> Song about wanting to go into town and get some ass. <laughs> I feel we can all relate to. Yeah. <laughs> on the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> I can't remember if we talked about this before, but I always will regurgitate my favourite ZZ Top fact. Mm. One band member with the surname Beard. Only band a band member without a beard. Yep. Always good. It's a cracking music fact. It is. Um, Caravan as well uh, relates mm-hmm. to film and TV because it's the, the song from Whiplash. Yeah. Uh, but there's a version performed at the halftime show with vocals from Tony Bennett. Yeah. It's come up on this podcast before. Yes, the guy who played Gaga. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've got uh, Chain Reaction was my Diana Ross Baby choice. Love. Fair enough. Yeah. Chain Reaction is written by the Bee Gees, so mm-hmm. it wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, they came up earlier. Um, now, now coming to re- not now, but over the past few years, coming to realise what an amazing band they were once upon a time. You two, where the streets have no name. Yeah. <laughs> what a song. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I, I was thinking recently they would be a really interesting band for us to cover. I reckon at, so. At one day, point. there's a lot to talk about and a, and a, and a, and, a, and a lot to enjoy to remind to remind ourselves that they're not bullshit. But about 2002 on, onwards, God, it gets bad. It'll be a bit like the Manics episode. At that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Rhythm Nation, Janet Jackson. Fine. Could have been that or all for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, the obvious one to point out. As well, because it's a banger, mm. it's Rock Your Body, where the wardrobe malfunction occurred. Yeah. I still am in two minds about whether that was a deliberate move. Um, but what is undeniable is the public... Uh, humiliation. Humiliation, but also the just like... Um, like the venom that was yeah. targeted at her about it, rather than at Justin Timberlake, obviously. Yeah. Who removed the item of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking patriarchy um, um, anyway <laughs> um, having said that pretty high up on my list is Crimea River right <laughs> because what a song I, I, I want to do a Justin Timberlake episode just so we can talk about Justified I, uh, I I've, I've got positive things to say about later on as well They're fine yeah, yeah. I want to discover those albums yeah but Justified is genuinely one of the greatest pop albums of all time. I nearly, I nearly chose um, Mirror over Crimea River. Fair. I think that's a great song. Suit and Tie is also a fantastic song. Yeah. Um, I've got a feeling, no, it's not. No, I mean, <laughs> can't oh, no. stop the feeling. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. Both, I mean, well, both applicable. Yeah, it is. Um, I have got an anti-shout out for yeah. my worst song of all time. i got a feeling about the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. I fucking hate the Black Eyed Peas. I, I don't hate the Black Eyed Peas necessarily, but that song, I find it quite funny that I think we both decided that was our worst song of mm. all time without having ever talked about it. And, like, um, for all we talked about this episode, about Kendrick being everything we love about hip hop, the antithesis. Black Eyed Peas are the corporate sellout antithesis. <laughs> Fuck that band. Um, what else have I got here? Um, oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure you've got a Tom Petty from in your top five. I can't remember if it's. It must be. 
I've got. I've definitely got one. I've got. I went back down in my mentions. It wouldn't have been in my top. Uh, there's a Tom Petty song. It wouldn't have been in my top five, but because of the cancellations, uh, it is. Uh, um, uh, Uptown Funk, I think, yeah. is is a brilliant modern pop song. So is Locked Out of Heaven. Yeah. Um, Family Affair, Mary J. Blige mm-hmm. is a classic. Basically, everything from this year's. Yeah, halftime show was a classic once upon a time. Yeah. Maybe not performed by those fat yeah. old men. But <laughs> yeah. uh, um, just a girl, no doubt. Yeah, is great, obviously. Yeah, and an unexpected one. I didn't realise they had been ever been involved in a, mm-hmm. in a halftime show. That was quite a cool one to find. Uh, yep, it, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Katy Perry's firework. Um, always love that song. I feel like there was a bit of a slump in quality in halftime shows around this period. Yeah, Katy bit. Perry, Black Eyed Peas. I feel like this year's one was the first in a while that was genuinely quite exciting. I reckon so. Maroon Five as well. Maroon Five. <laughs> as much as I love Gaga, I feel like it wasn't a, an amazing a one. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, but worth mentioning, Katy Perry's one for the Left Shark incident, which is <laughs> it's funny. Um, J-Lo waiting for tonight banger <laughs> independent women part one Destiny's Child yeah from Beyonce's yeah. halftime show which is brilliant um, and my last honourable mention um, yeah it, uh, I've kind of gone chron- chronologically mm. and so 2021s or 2020s no 2021 probably halftime show featured the weekend and mm-hmm. The amazing blinding lights. Uh, I've got three more mentions. Okay, Let's get through it. Which is uh, get your freak on, Missy Elliott. Yeah, lovely. Um, this land is your land, Woody Guthrie. Okay, was a one early marching band did in 1973. And yeah. now, interestingly, so the University of Michigan marching band did it in 1973, mm-hmm. and Lady Gaga did it in 2017. <laughs> um, that's testament to the <laughs> the impact of that song. Mm. Uh, and then my last mention is I would go with Louis Armstrong's version of, but it was performed by Ella Fitzgerald and Al Hurt in 1972, Matt the Knife. Wonderful. Okay, your number five then, Chris. Uh, was performed by the Blues Brothers in 1997. <laughs> I've gone with Solomon Burke's original version of Everybody Needs Somebody to Love. Wonderful. What a song. <laughs> Guaranteed to get your grandpa dancing at the wedding. That's in the movie, isn't it? Yeah. Every, yeah. It's the main one in the yeah. like the last performance of the film. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a long, long time. So good. I found <laughs> out yesterday Nicky's never seen it, so that's gone on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah, my my number five features a pro- problematic person, unfortunately. But it is an all-time fucking ranger. Mm-hmm. California Love by Dre and Tupac. It is. Amazing. Yeah. One of the greatest hip hop songs of the nineties, a yeah. fertile decade. Yeah. For hip hop. Yep. I think we can count that as as primarily a two pack and Yes, please. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um who I'm sure was fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> the drummer is fine. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> my number four is where the streets have no name. Right. Uh yeah. Yeah, again, I think like I I loved the Joshua Tree particularly when I was like mm-hmm. an early teenager, I'd yeah. say, and then went through a long old phase of <coughs> you two. Yeah, 
and have more recently in the last few years come back around to that album realising how good it is again. I mean you can't fuck with Villa Streets of No Name or with or without you yeah they are incredible incredible songs Edge's guitar and Weather Streets have no name mm-hmm. unbelievable yeah I mean they were playing stadiums at this point in their shows yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a sound ready the, the sound of that song is seems to be the blueprint for any rock band in any <laughs> decade since when they get to a certain level oh we're going to play an arena crack out the Edge pedal <laughs> The new range from Boss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boss Arena. <laughs> um, <laughs> that might come up later. Um, <laughs> number four is and uh, sings Bye Bye Bye. <laughs> Sweet. I did not think you'd have it that high up. It's Fair enough. So good. It is, yeah. <laughs> of course it is. Is it that good? I don't know. Yes, but... it is. <laughs> No, is it that good or are we just from the 90s? I, yes, it's the latter. <laughs> I, listened, I listened back to it because I was like, oh, that's on there. Hit play. Ooh. <laughs> it's a bit clunky. <laughs> but yeah. I'm from the 90s. Yeah. It's fine. We're 34. We can um, forgive ourselves. I'm not from the 70s, mm. um, but my top three would tell you otherwise. Mm. Uh, my number three is American Girl, Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers. Cool. Yeah. Lovely. I don't uh, know if I've got managed to get Tom Petty on the playlist yet. Ooh. Actually, might be might be the first one on there. What a treat for yeah. you. Um, my number three, you can pick between the two, but I... No, okay. I have a preference here. Mm-hmm. I think it was such a moment for an event as masculine as football. <laughs> yeah. To have a halftime show featuring two female empowerment uh, anthems as strong as Shania Twain's Man I Feel Like a Woman and No Doubt's Just a Girl. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm ultimately going to go for our playlist shout as uh, Man I Feel Like a Woman. Okay. I wanted to, a joint top three there. Fair enough. Just shout out. Um, Shania Twain and No Doubt probably way bigger deals in, in the US than yes. they are over here. Okay. Um, especially No Doubt. Mm. Gwen Stefani made it big mm. solo over here, definitely. Mm. But, there are a couple of um, massive singles that I remember being on yeah, the radio yeah. a lot. But yeah, mm. um, but yeah just a, a brilliant moment. And um, obviously, I, we probably wouldn't have been aware of it at the time. Mm. We, we wouldn't have cared about Super Bowl halftime show in 1996 or whatever, whatever it was. No. But yeah, cool. Cool stuff. Very good. Um, we've also got to the point, uh, I'll mention it at this point just in case, either mm. of these, uh, by the way. We've got to the point now, 37 episodes in, mm. where I'm genuinely starting to forget what songs are already on the playlist or mm. not. <laughs> so I'm That's just fine. kind of going for it. And if it turns out they are, we'll just go for one further down than my mentions. Yeah. Um, uh, my number two is I Wish Stevie Wonder. Uh, I don't think that one is, because it's a bit of a more no, of a left-field choice. Not one um, I'm that familiar with. But I felt like maybe Sir Duke mm. is already on there. Right. I think I've chosen that for something before. Okay. Um, and even if it's not, I actually then put I Wish on and realise I think I prefer it as a song. You definitely recognise it. Okay. It's the one that... Um, I think it's the one that the Men in Black melody was based on. Oh. 
Seven, no, not men. Me sorry, not. sorry, not 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 men in black. Wild Wild West. Ah, yes, right. That right. Yeah. Okay, that's I wish. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> right, my two and one are two of the greatest songs of all time. So <laughs> great. Get to mention, get to uh, talk about them. Uh, number two being Marvin Gaye, heard it through the grapevine. Didn't spot that. Nice. Hmm. Was a marching band performance. Okay. Um, hits of the seventies. But fuck me, what a song! Oh yeah. Bah. Yeah. Man. Nothing anyway. else to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh. Uh, my number one is Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. <laughs> As is mine. <laughs> because it's Born to Run. <laughs> Born to Run equals number one. That's just how it goes. <laughs> At the Super Bowl. Yes. Born to Run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marco! <laughs> Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are a band. We are called Myers, Rod and Bent. We are two members of a band, sorry, I must say. We play a blend of post-hardcore and post-metal. Uh, we can be found on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at the handle at M-E-A-O-A-B. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Grimheart Promotions, which is Chris and I and now Nikki. Wanted to put on... So- uh, cut out... We're going to put on gigs in London and Surrey. So if you're in a band, if you manage a band, if you're mates of a band and want to shout them out, if you manage a venue, or you're just interested in cool shows that might be coming up in those areas. So we have a Christmas show to announce. Hooray! Christmas! <laughs> uh, yeah, and like... Well, it's, it's a charity show. A Christmas charity show with all profits going to Hackney Food Bank. We'll have a speaker... Um, coming down from the from the food bank to come and talk to us, but uh, most excitingly of all, it's being headlined by Get Cape Where Cape Fly. Uh, the rest of the bill is still to be confirmed at this point when we're recording, um, but yeah, tremendously excited to have Sam down playing for us. Yeah, nice acoustic set off the back of his full band anniversary tour. He's just done two years belated anniversary. <laughs> two years belated anniversary tour. <laughs> Uh, for Chrono Cause a Bohemian Teenager so yeah if you like that song from back in the day with the bar 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 bars <laughs> come down and celebrate with us um, seven, Saturday the 17th of December at the Old Blue Last come on down um, think we're going to uh, do about tenner in I'm guessing so yeah. lovely so yeah all that money goes to Hackney Food Bank come and support a charity have a lovely night just sit that close to Christmas with your pals at Grimheart hooray hooray so shout outs. Um, right, yeah. Start off with a sad one. Mm. Um, unfortunately, um, in the last week or so, we um, we mentioned on a previous episode actually that uh, Mimi Parker, the drummer and vocalist of Low, was very ill. Uh, she suddenly passed the other day. So um, want to put Low on the playlist. Mm. I mean, it's, we never really we didn't do a. Um... We didn't do a top albums of last year thing mm. in the end. Um, yeah. And an album that really crept up on me throughout the year last year and I didn't really ever get an opportunity to properly shout out was, was, uh, was Hey What. Was Hey What from Low. I, I thought it was my, sec- it was, it was my second favourite album of the year in mm. the end. Um, and I, I just, it's it's a rare thing when an album I think encapsulates just beauty 
as well as that album does. It's an amazing record. Um, I absolutely loved it. So too. yeah, I would, I would, maybe we could choose a song each from Low to put on the playlist or something. Do you want to go for something from Hey What because you're I, a little bit more familiar I, with it, I, and I I'll do, go yeah. for Lullaby, cool, which is mm. sort of the anthem mm-hmm. from back in the day. Both showcasing Mimi. Um, also, on a completely different bent, Petbrick. We um, so we recorded our last ep- uh, last revisited episodes on a day we were going to go see Converge, and uh, we turned up early after our podcasting, and found that the first band on had Igor fucking Cavalera on drums, <laughs> unbeknownst to us. So yeah, pace the show uh, sharp for the first support. A thrash metal legend might be before your eyes. Yep. Um, a great set as well. It's it, they were fantastic. Yeah. So it's um, so the other guy in the band is. Um, uh, Wayne from Big Lads, mm. uh, producer of many great records, mm-hmm. uh, done some brilliant work. Wayne, look him up um, if you like. If you're into British underground music, I'm sure he's done something you love yeah. over the past few years. But yeah, um, them two making harsh industrial noise. Um, the Full of Hell guy turned up on vocals. Jacob Banner from Converge turned up on vocals. Yeah, lovely time. Yep. Yes, <laughs> Um, I've checked an album too. It's, it's really good. Really fucking good. Yeah. Um, do you want to do a couple of your shout outs? Uh, yeah, I've got two. Have you got one more to come? I've got two more to two, come. Cool. Okay, I'll do one of mine. Um, mm. I'll do my... So, so yeah, so there's an album. I went back through my list of albums I've listened to this year and things and discovered that, that I quite like to see if there was any kind of hip-hop adjacent stuff mm. uh, that I might want to shout out. And there's one that I only discovered fairly recently. I think it was on... It was on some online publications like mid-year best albums of the year so far list or something and I hadn't heard of it and I gave it a listen and absolutely loved it. I was playing Ollie a little bit earlier actually. Mm. Um, which is uh, by Saba. Uh, the album's called Few Good Things. Yep. Um, I, I wasn't aware of Saba before. I know that I've, since reading up on it I know that his previous album was really critically acclaimed and, mm. and considered really, really good. Um, but to me this it seemed like an obvious choice as a as a recommendation for this episode because I feel like it's got a similar appeal to Kendrick stuff yeah very like, kind of conscious rap and very yeah. uh, I would I would characterise it as vibey yeah like, yeah. like Kendrick's music yeah. can be yeah definitely not yeah. not hyper masculine and aggressive and no any of that shit yeah yep very um, summary album for Chris to play me in <laughs> in late, late November. November it came out in February <laughs> it should have come out in the summer and I recommended it in November there we go it's just how it goes <laughs> what's your other one champ? Uh, my other one I only discovered today actually mm. um, I thought so what I tend to do is if I've, if I've not had anything recently that's kind of jumped out as obviously I like to do quite a, a smaller preferably more local thing yeah so I trawl go, go to band camp Mm-hmm. the wonderful tool that it is yeah. um, and and very quickly today I found uh, this one which I'm just going to get up so I can get the right details for it as soon as I only found it today uh, but the artist is T. Peters okay uh, South London based mm-hmm. um, so it's Compliments EP side one so I assume there's another part to come okay um, so it's only five tracks um, but it's, it's again sort of similar vibes going on it's really cool he's, he's, he makes a point of not conforming to what you would consider a South London rapper to sound like mm. 
You know, I think South London rappers, you, there's a very specific yep. sound you think of. Yep. Um, and he's got very much a more... Uh, it goes for a more kind of organic sound musically in terms okay. of getting musician friends in mm. to do actual live tracks and things. Yeah. Um, a bit more kind of... All the words he's used creating chill, catchy and conscious musical pieces. Lovely. Think Loyal Karna mixed with Anderson Pack and J. Cole. Cool. Yeah, it's really good. Lovely. Really, really good. Um, so yeah, I look forward to hopefully side two will be coming at some point soon. Fabulous. But, uh, yeah, this one only came up in Octo- early October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. Cool. Um, yeah, a couple of new releases. Obviously, we're getting towards the end of the year. The release schedule has gone mental for a little bit. Now it's calming down. So I've just got a few um, leftover shout-outs from that sort of uh, bit of a mad period. Um, LS Dunes. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So the supporting cast is more exciting than yes. the, 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 the actual I mean, the, music actual, is. the album itself, I'd say, is, is what you'd expect. It sounds like... 2006 condensed into an album <laughs> yeah yeah and um, so this is the band of uh, Frankie Aaron from My Chemical Romance Travis Stever um, from Cohen and Cambria the rhythm section of Thursday mm-hmm. and Anthony Green from um, Say A Sin Circus of Ive and Sound of Animals Fighting and which incidentally also have a new EP out which is great lovely okay quick shout out for that <laughs> uh, and very and solo projects um, so yeah like yeah very much 2006 condensed into a band and into an album Anthony Green's voice isn't sounding like it used to no um, I think the kids <laughs> the kids have a word these days that I, I describe this album as um, sadly mid Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, yeah it's it's worth checking out if you're fond of those musicians I certainly you know enjoyed it yeah I, I, I didn't find it a terrible listening experience I just it was just quite fun to hear those people doing some fun music yeah exactly it's, it sounds like they just got together and had some fun yeah. what I did like the, the, the best thing I did like about it is that with a lot of time you get kind of super groups and things like mm. that that come together and you wouldn't necessarily be able to identify that that's who was in it whereas Frankie Aero and Travis's guitar parts yep. you can tell in every song who's doing what because yep. it sounds like those guitarists <laughs> so I quite enjoyed that about it um, but my last shout is for a um, hip hop album recently that I fucking loved um you just Did mentioned, I just mention it by any chance? Yeah. <laughs> Loyal Carnas Hugo is um, is a brilliant record, and I just wanted to shout it out as a recent release I fucking loved, but mm. I don't think it's the last time I'd be talking about it this year. Wow, cool. Yeah, I've not I've not got around to it yet. So you should <laughs> do it, Chris. Shall do. <laughs> so we can be found on Twitter are at bbts underscore pod. Um, so yeah, come at us to. Um, talk to us about Kendrick Lamar please we're gasping to talk about him mm. as we have done for the last two hours but we just we can talk about Kendrick all the fucking time it's great <laughs> and uh, yeah um, I can be found on Twitter at O-L-L-I-E-X-C-O-R-E Chris you are on at C-M Crumps lovely and uh, yeah come at us to talk about um, Kendrick Lamar or our next artist actually no quick shout outs sorry um, all of our favourite songs from Kendrick's discography are Need to the Better Top 5 
and our shout outs will be added to our Spotify Rank Bank playlist yeah. which now stands we'll stand after this episode about 1100 songs <laughs> ridiculous and uh, yeah also if you've liked any of, it, any of what we've done um, over the past two years but still aren't subscribed please do it helps out the algorithms and also leave us a five star review if you if you should be so kind um, you know uh, like um, we're a podcast fighting in a field of many and while we are incredibly touched that a lot of you have stuck with us all this time um, it's lovely to have your support we're not listened to by as many people as we'd like to be um, we'd like to get the name out more because we fucking love doing this yeah, yeah. I think a lot. I, I mean, a lot of it is worth mentioning. Is is word of mouth. I know yeah. so many people who now listen to us fairly regularly because somebody recommended it. Um, um, so shout us out, like uh, you know, yeah. Even not, if it's one episode, you think someone might be interested in. You know, not everyone wants to listen to two white guys in their thirties drone on about music. We completely appreciate that. Yeah. But, but I know that I would. There's got to be someone else out there. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's why we do this. And ultimately, we're two best mates uh, that have a wonderful time doing this and um, love hanging out and talking about music. And also, if you want to come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, you listen to absolutely. this and want to come on. We've not on, really got many more guests. We are looking up. for new guests for 2023. So, yeah, give us a shout on our socials. Um, come and be our mate. We'll happily come and um, shoot, shoot the breeze with someone new absolutely um, yeah um, but essentially thank you so much for listening over the past two years it does mean the world to us that you're still sticking by us as you say for something that essentially started as a um, it's therapy uh, as therapy <laughs> as relief from the relentless boredom and depression of lockdown as a chance for yeah just two lads who love hanging out together making music together to have a creative outlet uh yeah but uh join us for um us chatting about music with another nerdy white guy in his 30s <laughs> about nerdy old white guys as um we rejoin with jack kirby low to talk about the rest of Iron Maiden. It's time to put the nail in that coffin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to talk about 90s Iron Maiden. Oh. <laughs> more 90s Iron Maiden. We've already yeah. talked about two bad 90s Iron Maiden records. Yeah. Briefly. We've got two we can, more. We can do it briefly. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, don't expect it to get better after that. <laughs> That's what I'll say. So you want... <laughs> <laughs> So if you want that in your ears on release, um, do subscribe to us on your favourite podcatcher, as we just said. Um, thank you very much for listening to Kendrick today. We'll see you in a couple of weeks for Iron Maiden. In, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get... I'm not going to talk about the World Cup much. Um, I don't think it's our place. We, Chris, the, and I have, obvious. Chris and I have differing views on this World Cup. I'm going to enjoy it. Chris is not. But yeah, enjoy the World Cup if you're watching it. Uh, we understand why you're not. If you're not, see you soon. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Cheerio, everyone. Love you.